running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your host, Jerry Napoleonello. All right, running up the score, Jerry Napoleonello. I do have a special guest that hasn't been here in a very long time. I should went with this. Kevin Donlin is back. What's up, boys? Everybody and girls. Um, so we're gonna discuss some things, some hobby talk, uh, some football talk. Obviously, we got the draft coming up this month. Excited about that. Free agency is about what two weeks in now, I guess. Yeah. So there's a lot to get into. A lot of teams that have done well in free agency so far. A lot of teams that haven't done so well. We'll get into those. Um, what's going on in New York? And I'm not talking about the Giants. Or actually, I should say what's going on in New Jersey. <laughs> but uh, we'll get into that. What's going on with the the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And, uh, and then some hobby talk. We got, you know, Prism. That was the big uh, release of the year, basically, or that's the the release of the year that you know everybody loves. Uh, I want to get into that. We're about two and a half weeks in since uh, the release, so we'll talk about that. We had some incidents happen in the hobby that is not a good look on the hobby if you're a newcomer. So I want to just discuss that. And uh, really, that's and actually, tops and fanatics came out with huge news regarding the hobby and I'm excited about it and we'll discuss that but first we'll start you know with some football talk let's discuss some of the teams that have had good free agents a good free agency and uh who has not had a good free agency I'll start off with my top five and we'll just kind of discuss them my top five I have the Bears number one I have the Jets with a question mark with a question mark, and we'll discuss why. The Cowboys, the Falcons, and the Giants. Now, when I'm talking about the Bears, Bears, listen, I think we felt Justin Fields took a a nice step forward last year. Yes. He didn't throw the ball much, but he showed what he could do with his legs, and that was exciting if you're a Bears fan. This is what we wanted. This is, you know, this is what you wanted to see. This was why why the hype was there with Justin Fields. I mean, you even had the hype in the hobby. That's, you know, kind of how we base, you know, there's there's a lot of things that we base by the hobby. And yeah. that, that was one thing we had. There was a lot of hype for Justin Fields, and I feel like he took a dip, and now he's coming back. Justin Fields' cards are, you know, at top dollar right now as well. So that's, you know, kind of what we're looking at. And they had the free agency to continue that hype. Um, you know, when they add, they you know they made the trade for the number one pick. Uh, they ended up getting DJ Moore in that pick in that uh, in that trade. So, you know, they didn't need the quarterback. So why keep the number one pick? Yeah. And I like the deal. Of course, they got plenty in return. Yeah. So I mean, they're right now. I'll bring up who they added, who they did, and who they lost, and you know whatnot. So their key additions: DJ Moore, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edwards, mm-hmm. Andrew Billings, Deontay Foreman, Robert Tanyan, 
Demarcus Walker, Nate Davis, Travis Homer, PJ Walker as a backup, which is good because him and Justin Fields are kind of the same quarterback, so it kind of works. It God forbid Justin Fields gets hurt. Uh, they only lost David Montgomery, who was probably their the best player out of their losses, maybe Riley Reif. Uh, but Trevor Simeon, Nicholas Morrow, and Matthew Adams. So, I mean, really, it, it's not a problem, you know, with their losses and what they brought in and their draft picks. I, I mean, that's that's uh, something that you want to see uh, heading into free agency, basically, for the Bears. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I've seen uh... – I could see this team making some strides this year, especially with uh, you know everything going on and around the division uh, with them. Uh, Detroit probably right now I would say is the favorite to take home that division, which is just something I thought I would never hear myself say to be <laughs> yeah. honest. So uh, for the Bears, there's a, definitely an open window for them to uh, you know make some strides. Uh, obviously, they're a better team now with the additions and you know. Not too many losses at that point. You know, you still got the draft. They still got plenty of uh, additions coming on top of all of that. So, I think for the Bears, this is an open window to try to take that uh, division. But they got to really, you know, they got to find a way to win these games. They got to find a way to, uh, you know, do the right things. I think uh, with Justin Fields, a big fan of the way he's able to run the football. Uh, If he could start passing the football just as effectively with the new additions – you know, a DJ Moore will definitely go a long way in that. Then uh, you're going to be looking at strides from the Chicago Bears and potential for them to win that division and uh, go back to the playoffs. Yeah, it's a it's interesting in that division, like you were saying, because the Packers took a huge step down. Uh, Minnesota is that team that it's like they're always a question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's never like. You know, all right, they're a solid team. All right, they're a bad team. It's just you don't know what you're going to get. Primetime, you know what you're going to get with the Vikings. They're not going to play good. So that's one thing. But overall, with the Vikings, it, it, they're a question mark. Yeah. With the Lions last year, the Lions were the the Cinderella story, I guess. Or, you know, were one of the Cinderella stories because I feel like Jacksonville definitely was. 100%. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the Lions, and I'm excited to see the Bears. So this NFC North uh, is going to be an interesting one. Now, my number two team is a key portion in that division being, you know, in disarray. Uh, my next team, as I said, was a question mark. Is the Jets? They're number two, mainly depending on who their quarterback's going to be. You know, we're in the I feel like everybody's in that mindset that, yes, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the Jets quarterback in 2023. But we're still waiting on that trade. And it's been like two weeks since Aaron Rodgers says his intention will be to be joining the Jets. But you have to be traded. So this is this is where it's, you know, and it was also like we were in the mindset that this trade was set that this was agreed on it was just depending on Aaron Rodgers 
And well, that's that's what the media wanted you to think. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the biggest issue with, uh, you know, the, you know, it's funny. You know, they talk about, you know, what he did in the offseason in regards yeah. to, uh, you know, going uh, in a dark place for a couple of days and everything. And the media took him absolutely literal. I mean, he probably sat there from a couch laughing at all of this. Yeah, uh, or in the Bahamas or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, you know. He doesn't mind the attention and everything else that goes along with it. But, for, you know, for this, this was a Packers situation. I think the Packers had something in writing. Uh, not in writing, I would say, but in, you know, uh, some sort of an audio agreement yeah. in regards to uh, Aaron Rodgers. But I think once Aaron Rodgers showed his desire to play for the New York Jets, which obviously had to have been known after discussions among coaches from the Jets and everything else to go along with it, you know, I think the Packers just took a step back to try to see if they can get a little bit more from the New York Jets. But at this point, you know, you're looking at a guy who's on the uh, on the worst end of his career as he gets older. And obviously Aaron Rodgers, you know, has still got something left in the tank. The MVP awards, you know, from a couple of years back will prove that. But I think it's just a matter of just the Packers wanting to add a little bit more to a trade that the Jets absolutely were uh, – standing put on and I think that's where the delay comes from and you know obviously as the time goes along that the Packers are going to have to continue to pay Aaron Rodgers a sizable amount and just guarantees and yeah. at certain dates there's certain money that needs to be paid out so I think it's really just on the Packers at this point I know there's been a debate there amongst all these shows that you guys watch ESPN everything yeah. else uh about you know who's really got more pressure on them. It's no doubt in my mind. It's got to be the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you know, you're already told uh, your organization that you were moving on from this man. Um, you've told your fans. Your everybody is ready for him to go, and basically just trying to get a little bit extra right now. There's not much here to get extra. I mean, the Jets are not giving up a first round pick in this trade. Uh, I think that might have been probably brought back right on the table because I just saw a, a report a couple of days ago about how um, they basically took out the 13th overall pick as a possibility. So that yeah. means it was a possibility up until a few days ago, which at even months back, you know, weeks back when they first discussed these trades with Aaron Rodgers, there was no doubt in my mind that a first round pick was not going to be part of this. You're looking at a 39-year-old quarterback who's making $35 million a year. That's a lot of money to be paying extra picks for. And I'm not paying picks to pay more money to my quarterback. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, for me, I know uh, there's all this talk about, you know, Lamar Jackson and everything else going on there. And don't be fooled with this. I don't mean to go off topic. I mean this is just a no, big discussion. Every yeah, this, this is, is a perfect. big discussion that every Jet fan is thinking right now whether or not Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers is the answer. The truth is, the reason why Lamar Jackson has not got any offers is because every single team in the NFL is in agreement that they are not going to do the Baltimore Ravens' job for them. I think that's what it really comes down to. The Baltimore Ravens have a responsibility with their star quarterback to find a way to sign him. Now, he's not making it easy on himself with you know not having an agent and all this. It's really made it quite difficult to make discussions, make any kind of progress. So, basically, when the Ravens threw out that he would be eligible to look around, that was basically the Ravens' way of saying, hey, what would you offer yeah, Aaron, uh, you know uh, Lamar Jackson at that point, and that at that point, no one's doing the well, job yeah, for they you. Can match it. So everyone is talking about the no interest as if it's like 
there's like a something wrong with Lamar Jackson, and, and you know everyone's on Twitter and yeah. puzzled by it. I, this is literally the reason. It's yeah. because nobody wants to do that organi- organization's job for them. Literally, you don't know how to pay this man right now. Yeah. So you want another team to jump in and be like, "We're going to pay you this. this way." Yeah. And then the Ravens have an opportunity to be like, "Is this smart for us? Is this not smart yeah. for us?" You're doing their job for them. That's why he has no interest. It has nothing to do with his talent. And the truth is, is that the Baltimore Ravens have found ways to win games without Lamar Jackson in the in the last couple of years. Yeah. There's where there's no rush for them to make an agreement with him. So it's that's going to be a standstill for a long time. Going to be ongoing. You know, for me as a Jet fan, Aaron Rodgers is the way to go with that. You got two years. I'm not giving up on a. Uh, Zach Wilson just yet. I know he's almost like a laughing case and the lack of leadership and all this stuff. Every single quarterback I see from the New York Jets, they they just rush these guys in there. I mean, these are children. These are kids that are literally that just went to, you know, they were going to college courses the year before. Now you have them starting on the biggest stage because the NFL is a huge stage. It's a big stage to be in front of thousands upon thousands of fans with millions of people watching you away from that. It's a huge stage to bring a kid on and have him be the leader of an organization. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Everyone's like, Zach Wilson's not a good leader. Yeah, of course he's not a good leader. He's a 22-year-old kid and he's only had surrounded by grown men. His, what? Yeah. He's, only, he's only had a couple of games under his belt. Of course. So that's, that's the thing. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers is the perfect addition the, to try to teach this oh, kid yeah, the, the, upbring, the upbringing because he never got rushed into a no. game at any point with Brett Favre and there being an understanding there. Now there'll be an understanding when uh, Aaron Rodgers comes yeah. to town that there's an understanding who the number one is, who the number two is, humble up, find a way to work hard, and make a way, you know, find your way into this league, Zach, yeah. because the beginning of this was a disaster. The Jets, you know, the issues that they've had with quarterbacks was exactly what you're saying, you know, just the fact that these are young kids. But they're also taking quarterbacks that don't have a lot of college games under their belt either. So they're taking guys that, you know, once they're eligible, they join the draft, and now the Jets are like, all right, we're going to draft them, and he's going to be our franchise quarterback. So that that's been the issue. You know, these guys have not had, you know, a full term of, you know, a whole college career, basically. They're just working off of, all right, I'm eligible for the draft now. I'm going in. And then the Jets pick them up and like, all right, yeah, now let's take over, you know, one of the the biggest market, you know, in sports and feel like, all right, yeah, this is it. You know, this is our guy. Zach Wilson, I think, will will definitely benefit by stand, like by sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. Now, obviously you answered my question on who would you pick as a Jets fan, you know, long-term Lamar, short-term Aaron Rodgers. My the thing is that I want to add to like just on top of what you were saying about Lamar Jackson. We've spoken about this on this show multiple times. The NFL is not it's not good for a running quarterback. You may get a great year out of them, a great two years, maybe three, but that those hits, they 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 come back to bite you. You know, Lamar Jackson is a constant mobile quarterback. Can he throw from the pocket? Yes, he's actually a, you know a very decent quarterback in the pocket. 
but he's a great quarterback outside of the pocket. And, you know, there's always that fear because you're being a quarterback, you're getting guaranteed money now. And God forbid he gets hurt, that team is on, you know, for that guaranteed money. So I liked what you were saying about, you know, how uh, the Ravens are basically waiting for another team to do their job for you. And and it's, you know, it was kind of, it was funny. When they gave them gave him the non-exclusive, everybody came out of the woodworks. Oh my God, that's disrespectful for Lamar Jackson. That's disrespectful, this, that. And we went on like two weeks of everybody just, you know, really digging into the Ravens because of what they just did with Lamar Jackson. But then it comes out that Lamar Jackson requested a trade March 2nd. That was before they gave him the non-exclusive tag. So now the difference between an exclusive and a non-exclusive, non-exclusive, he can talk to teams. So with, you know, them giving him the non-exclusive, that was basically them out of respect saying, hey, go talk to whatever team you want. But I do agree that it helps the Ravens in the long term as well because it's like, all right, you know, the the Jets just gave Lamar Jackson a contract of, you know, $300 million. Do we want to match that or not? And that's, I get it. And I agree 100% on what you were saying. Well, I never even, even thought of it's that. It's not even like a debate. It's actually the actual truth yeah. of the matter. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, you got all these... Again, it's the media oh, that, yeah, that, that turns mean, a story into a huge deal in regards to something that is just extremely yeah. simplified. It's pretty logical, to say the least. You yeah. know, nobody wants to do the job for one of their opposing organizations that they go up against all the time, you know? So you're going to make us do all the negotiating with Lamar Jackson, and then you're going to swoop in and take that deal yeah. because they can match any deal exactly. that is offered to him. Yeah. So this is a huge benefit for the Baltimore Ravens. They knew what they were doing here. And Lamar Jackson basically royally has no shot at being signed elsewhere. And everyone's talking about all oh, these teams aren't interested. Why aren't they interested? It's very simple. Yeah, collusion. Don't make it a whole like... thing. It's because they're trying to use airtime. Yeah. There's no other explanation. I listen to it on the uh, on the radio. I watch it on television. And honestly, the ta- the channel's turned. Yeah. And a lot of, and with all due respect, a lot of it's ESPN. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to talk about, I guess. But this is really just not a story. No. It isn't. This is just the truth of the matter. This is how the this is how football works. It always has been. Yeah. And the offseason no one is going to do negotiations for someone else and that's exactly what the baltimore ravens did by doing this uh this sort of uh franchise tag that they put on i mean a perfect example of media just being ridiculous is with aaron Rodgers as well so now you have the two quarterbacks that are out there the two big quarterbacks that are out there and the media just spins everything on these two quarterbacks so with aaron Rodgers, aaron Rodgers is not a lovable person in terms of the media. So the media is going to come out and just start, you know, creating all this stuff about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he has a list of players that he wants the Jets to pick up. And, and like, this, he needs uh, them yeah, or he's not going to exactly. come there. I, I Again, where did you get the yeah, fact from? Exactly. I mean, this is a constant thing that goes on with uh, sports media. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, it's very straightforward. I mean, yeah. I've been watching football for a very long time. I know how the off-seasons work. I'm just confused that like some of the people that are literally the top-notch yeah. sports writers are the ones talking about this. Like, I got sports writers showing up on Twitter right now that are literally 
puzzled by the whole Lamar Jackson situation, about the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. You got Adam Schefter literally getting off it off the air yeah. on ESPN live because yeah. he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And with all due respect to that whole thing, I thought it was the biggest karma that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> with, I'm, with all yeah. due respect, like, yeah. I'm not even joking. Like the guy comes out, Adam Schefter makes a whole thing about the Jets have made a trade. Yeah. And they traded for some safety from the Baltimore Ravens. I shouldn't say some safety. He's a very good player. Yeah. Uh, and a good trade for the New York Jets. And mm-hmm. able to, they were able to add more pieces. Chuck Clark. But obviously Adam Schefter knew what he was doing there when he made the announcement like that on Twitter. Yeah. So when the whole net, uh, you know news for Aaron Rodgers came out, this man just basically put him and you know a man who was standing up thinking he's big within the NFL and he got sat right back down on yep. his seat. And you know he plays it off like he's the victim in the oh, situation. It was kind of sad the whole situation with all due respect to this man. Aaron Rodgers literally was lose my number, dude. <laughs> I mean, it was his way of being told, like, you know, you're, you're going to go out there trolling people, yep. you know, for even a team that I'm in, intention, you know, my intentions are to play for, like he said on the show. Uh, it was his way of basically just humbling up Adam Schefter because that was ridiculous what he had done. I mean, he yeah. knows what he's doing there. He's trying to be sly, and then all of a sudden someone's sly with him, and it's a problem. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to do it, do that right. you need to be able to take it. Yeah. And he obviously can't take it. He made this whole ordeal about, like, you know, he, he explained the whole situation. He goes, well, I didn't know. You know, like, he's like, I don't know why he, you know, all this yeah. kind of. And it was actually quite embarrassing. Him even mentioning it after. I, I would have just kept it quiet <laughs> after the whole Aaron Rodgers text message got released. He tried releasing the actual the text actual message. Text, he goes, yeah. well, you know, I was just trying to find I'm just trying to do my job. No, no, your job is not to troll people. Though. I was trying to go to the source. <laughs> so your job isn't to troll people on Twitter. Yeah. And you got trolled in return. And you literally couldn't take it. You got really sensitive about it. And it was really funny to watch. But, like, this is the way that sports media is going yeah. right now. Like, get to, you know, relevant stuff. I yeah. mean, Adam Schefter is usually very relevant. You know, he yeah. will come out there and bring out all the relevant news that there is. So, uh, much respect. But you just got karma right in your face. That's exactly well, what happened to you there. You know what just makes me laugh is that prior to that, now Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show once a week. And that's where you're going to get the Aaron Rodgers news. You're not going to get it from anywhere else. And prior to this whole thing with Adam Schefter, Aaron Rodgers says, listen, I'm going to take the the two weeks or whatever. Uh, If you hear anything about me, it is untrue. Because if you're – the people that are in the know are in his circle, his circle of trust. And they're in his circle of trust – because he knows that they won't say anything. So if they're saying something, they're not in his circle of trust and it's not true. So right then and there, you should know, all right, I'm not taking any advice or any kind of news from anybody other than Aaron Rodgers. So when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, he, like I said, he's not the media boy. He, the, like Nobody likes him, basically. You know, between the whole vaccine thing and all of that. It's always like so because I have like people that I'm talking to that I said right from the beginning, right after the season ended, I said if Aaron Rodgers joins the Jets, they are a Super Bowl contender. Easy because of their defense, their their offense other than their quarterback position. I mean, you're getting Brees Hall back eventually. You have, uh, you know, one of the top rookie wide receivers in Garrett Wilson. Then you add guys like Alan Lazard. You add McCall Hardman. Then also 
possibly adding Odell, I think, is going to help. This team, offensively, is very, very good, barring a quarterback. And now you add one of the most talented quarterbacks who still has the talent, even at 35. I mean, we saw how an old quarterback can take a talented team and bring them to a Super Bowl, i.e. Tom Brady, and he was older than Aaron Rodgers. I feel as though this team with Aaron Rodgers eventually is a Super Bowl contender. And I even think if they were to add Lamar Jackson, which is not going to happen because the Jets already came out and said that they're all set on Aaron Rodgers, whatever happens. That like Either way, you add Lamar Jackson, you add Aaron Rodgers, they're still a Super Bowl contender. That's how good this team is. And I mean, even their losses. Elijah Moore, not a hurt. Mike White, not a hurt. James Robinson, barely even saw the field. I mean, Braxton Berrios, it just, I I think that this team, you know, they re-signed Quincy Williams, they they re-signed Solomon Thomas, it's, this team is still solid. With Aaron Rodgers, they are a Super Bowl contender, and I think they even, you know, because this AFC East is good, you know, with Miami, possibly, you know, depending on Tua, who knows what happens with Tua this year, Uh, and the Bills are like, I mean, you think they're a juggernaut one week, and then all of a sudden the next week they're they're almost losing to Miami. It's without Tua, Skylar Thompson as their quarterback. Well, they're not they're they're not a juggernaut. They weren't able to run the football. I mean, uh, there's a lot of you know every team has their issues. Obviously, yeah, that absolutely. you know the Bills understand their issues from last year, and obviously it was running the football, and you got to find a way to you know. Uh, Fix that, and most likely you'll probably see something like that in the draft. I mean, yeah. they're definitely one of the front runners to even pick up uh, one of the top running backs in this year's draft. So, but as we, you know, obviously transition, we're going to go over to the draft now because yeah. obviously, you know, draft day is coming. It's the next big news that's coming in the NFL. Obviously, aside from anything else, barring in free agency, um, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers, you know, like that, <laughs> you know, but. At the same time, you know, the draft is approaching. Uh, teams are getting ready. Teams are getting prepared. Uh, a lot of good prospects coming out this year. First off, before we even get into the draft, we do every every year we do a live draft show. This year, no different. We're doing a live draft show. We do top ten picks, discuss them, discuss other things, you know, all that. I end up usually letting you know the pick prior to getting to the podium. That's the fun of it. I love draft day. It's, you know, it's awesome, whatever. This year, you know, because we're we're so engrossed in the hobby, sports cards, uh, this year I am going to be giving away six cards per pick. Um, and you have to get into the giveaway. I'll decide on how you're getting into the giveaway. You'll see it on Twitter Instagram, TikTok, all that, all our socials, be sure to be, or make sure that you are following us on everything, um, you know, between Ruts Breaks, Ruts Sports, um, on everything, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all that. You'll get the, you know, the requirements to get in, but just to let you guys know what's going to be happening for the draft. But now into the draft, Carolina makes the trade with the Bears to get the number one pick. We know what Carolina is going for. Carolina is going for a quarterback. 
who that quarterback is, that's still up in the air. It is looking more like it's going to be C.J. Stroud, which is interesting because prior to this trade, there was talks. You know, like, does the Bears take a quarterback? Do they not? What are they going to do with Justin Fields? Are they going to trade Justin Fields? And then the Bears said, not going to happen. We're trading the number one pick. And I heard there's rumblings also that Carolina, yes, they, they made the trade for the number one pick, that they were even talking about trading the number one pick again, or at least trading their number one pick to get the the picks that they got or they traded away to get more picks or whatever. Because they do still have Matt Corral, who they drafted last year. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still up in the air. Like, do they still take a quarterback? Do they trade this number one pick? So it, it's going to be interesting. The, leading into this draft, uh, it's going to be a fun one. I, I just have a feeling because – Last year, the quarterbacks weren't, you know, what we thought they were going into the draft. So there wasn't that hype of a quarterback. You know, you you had Kenny Pickett, you had um, Howell, you had Matt Corral, but these got Malik Willis. These guys, there there wasn't really that huge hype around like there is this year. So we may have four quarterbacks taken in like the top ten. So that's when the draft is at its best. Uh, you know, this is this is where it's going to get real fun. And I'm interested to see what happens with the number one pick. Because that's going to mold how this whole, you know, draft goes. Because if Carolina doesn't get a, a quarterback or they trade away that quarter that number one pick, who's going to get that pick? And, you know, even Houston may trade for the number one pick just to drop back or, you know, Carolina could drop back a pick. You know, that's how it goes. And the talks are C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young being those, you know, top two quarterbacks to be taken. Will Levis being, you know, one uh, another one. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this, you know, draft goes. You know, their biggest needs, Carolina's biggest needs, quarterback, edge, and wide receiver. And when you, you look at those three positions you're looking at strong positions in this draft will anderson's one of them you know an edge rusher uh you have the um smith najiba or however you say his name wide receiver one of the top wide receivers in this draft and then you have the quarterbacks so it's 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 definitely uh it's definitely interesting yeah 100 percent. i think uh this whole idea with the panthers and making the trade for the number one overall pick it's kind of puzzling to me at first. Um, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what they're trying to do over there. Yeah. But again, at the same time, I also don't really care. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you know, it goes into the point. Like you know, uh, you know, the other organizations, like I said, no one's going to do you any favors or anything else. So, you know, the Panthers have a you know a path that they're looking to do, and obviously, uh, you know, all are on board over there. And you know, hopefully, they make the best possible pick in this draft. I mean. You know, we are still uh, a few weeks away, right? I mean, when is this draft? April twenty seventh. Yeah, a few weeks, so uh, about a month away. Uh, yeah, today's April Fool's Day, so yep, we're twenty six days away. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, should be a fun no it's couple weeks too, yeah, it's because leading there. up to that, you're going to see some things. No, hundred percent. You know, yeah, you know, you got Panthers picking one overall. You know, uh, Houston's going at number two. Uh, rounding out the top ten, uh, you know, you got the Cardinals, uh, 
Colts, Seahawks, Lions, Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, Chicago Bears, and the Eagles. So the, the Bears Eagles, were able to. The Eagles being in the top ten is incredible. Uh, well, yeah. the Eagles just found a way to make good trades early on and try to get uh, beneficial picks. So they've obviously been using other teams' first round picks while they continue to have success in the NFL. It's actually a formula of success. Uh, you know, if you're doing things right with your organization. But obviously the Chicago Bears were able to get the ninth overall pick going one down from the Eagles. Uh, good trade for the Bears. I think the ninth overall pick is definitely you're going to get yourself a, an asset and an add to this team on top of the extra other picks that the Carolina Panthers were able to go. Uh, moving on down, we go to the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons have some uh, issues right now. I think they're still a little iffy at their quarterback position. Obviously their defense was uh, – was I would say it was okay. I expected it to be really, really bad last year, but it was okay. Uh, but they still de- need to make some additions, especially in their secondary cornerbacks uh, and definitely another pass rusher as well. Uh, wide receiver also being a biggest uh, yeah. need of them, uh, aside from obviously uh, Drake London. There's really not much depth to go there for the Atlanta Falcons. And you well, like you also feel like Kyle Pitts should be taking more of a, a bigger step too. Yes. Um, I think you know the tight end's a difficult position to try to analyze because it's not based off the amount of yards caught and everything. Because there's just some plays where the assignment is, yo man, we need you to take care of the edge and get that for our you know yeah. our running back. So there's a lot of you know uh, he's a big guy. Uh, he just needs to stay healthy. I think the biggest issue is that his health has been uh, up and down. And for someone going in the first round, that's really not the kind of person you're really trying to get. You're not trying to get a player that's basically just at all times, Always banged right. up. Yeah. And it's a situation that the Atlanta Falcons are going to have to monitor The Raiders all are going long. through that, too, yeah, as well. You yeah, know, absolutely. They, were, they were talking about, you know, obviously Darren Waller. You know, we, I feel like, I don't know, am I missing something on Darren Waller? And, like, is he as good as everybody thinks he is? I, like, I feel uh, yeah, like no, he's, he's very talented. It's just the talented. issue. Yeah. No, he's very talented. It's just the issue is it's just always been his health. I mean, we move right down to the Raiders at number seven. Uh, they'll be drafting next. Biggest needs, cornerback, offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Uh, other big news with the Raiders was a trade they made with the New York Giants where they sent away. Uh, that sucks. No, that's not. That's pretty bad news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that <laughs> at a later date. But. <laughs> Uh, hockey news, so yes. just uh, but the the uh, Las Vegas Raiders obviously trading away Darren Waller to the New York Giants for a third round pick. Uh, I think it's a great trade for both teams. Darren Waller is no doubt a success. The way he came into the league was pretty funny. Uh, John Gruden had seen him; he was on the practice squad of another team, the Ravens. and he was ha- yeah the Ravens, and he was having a catch, and he just looked unbelievable. And Gruden had fall, fell in love with him. He made sure to get, find a way to get him signed. Uh, and then he ended up being a Raider, uh, a great Raider for the first year and a half, two years of his career. But then obviously injuries, injuries again, kind of like Kyle Pitts, very similar to Kyle Pitts. Uh, he just ended up getting injured a lot, uh, was always banged up going into games. And it's just a situation. Obviously, tight end's a tough position to play. You're getting hit a lot. Every play there's contact, whether it's blocking, whether it's going out on a route. Well, you're living in the middle of the field. Of course, so. and that's not really a, a pleasant area, So, no. especially on the NFL football <laughs> field. So, you know, for the Raiders, it's a great trade. You get a third-round pick in return. For the New York Giants, it's a great pick. They're able to add a, a very talented player. 
Uh, they just obviously going to have to monitor his health as time goes along because as we get older, let's be honest, if you're getting hurt at the age of 24, 25, as we get older, those injuries will continue to pile up. They don't just disappear. So uh, it's the best of luck. Good change of scenery for Darren Waller and hopefully for uh, the New York Giants and their fans. Uh, you know, Darren Waller can stay healthy and uh, be a, a cornerstone and really help Danny Dimes out because – yeah, he really? had a great, he had a great year last year too, and I can't name a single wide receiver on this team. So yeah. it just shows really uh, that you know Danny Jones. But nothing's to make some changed strides. though. What, what he's still go? like his wide receivers. There's nothing's changed. No, I know he doesn't have any you know, other so weapons. So that's no, I'm saying he had a yeah, weapon. Yeah, no, I, no, about I'm just saying. I, I'm Darren saying, Waller is is an added weapon. Yeah, I, but I'm just. But saying, he did nothing last year. Wide, with nothing exactly. So anything right now is an addition, yeah, and yeah. then you got the draft coming up. So obviously you I can still, add other weapons and then change it up because the Giants virtually had no weapons in there uh, on their wide receiver core. Their tight end was a rookie who ended up getting hurt midseason. So Danny Jones had nothing to work with. It's actually the New York Giants have the best coach in football. Now I'm going to tell you that right now. There's no doubt in my mind because there, there's no explanation as to how this team ended up making the playoffs. I mean, I was mystified by it. Uh, the only people that really weren't were probably New York Giant fans, but his, his coaching was really the difference in the, for that team. So Because literally no weapons, nothing, and nothing has changed, but they still have Brian Dabble, and as long as they have him, the New York Giants are going to be a successful franchise. That's how good of a coach he is. Yeah. It's incredible what he did to that team in one season, and I can't. I tell you, I can't tell you their number one wide receiver. Isaiah Hodgins. Or Kenny Galladay. I mean, either way, <laughs> well, you're laughing. I'm saying not. either way, you're laughing, yeah. but, you know, they were laughing no, in the playoffs. I, listen, so I... I it's very hard for me to come out with something good to say about the Giants. Um, but they have the but they, they have had, a great coach. Listen, they have a better they, coach than the Dallas Cowboys. Am I right? Yeah. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Because they have a better coach than the New York Jets. Yeah. They, uh, it, they it, have like, the best coach in football. The, the yeah, best coach. I, He's very, very good. With the Giants, I still like they've made these moves. They brought back Daniel Jones. They tagged Saquon. They got they traded for Darren Waller. Their defense is okay. I I just still think this team is still not better than the Cowboys or the Eagles. No, they're definitely so, like talent wise, they're not better. No, but they can easily be out coached. I've I've watched yes, teams yes, lose games yeah. from a coach that just doesn't Absolutely. know what they're doing out there. And obviously, Brian Dabble in his first year has shown that not only does he belong, but he belongs for the long haul. I mean, yeah. he didn't make any stupid mistakes as this as in regards to decisions. I I can't think of anything. So, yeah. you know, it's a it's a much credit. The Giants, very very uh, very fortunate to uh, to be able to get Dabble, and hopefully uh, he stays for a very long time. It would be the best thing for the New York Giants. But moving on on this draft order, we move down to number six. It's the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions had a great year last year. Definitely surprising. They're the favorite to win their division this year, even though they're coming off a uh, a season where did they even finish over five hundred? The Lions last year? Yes, they did. They did right. Yeah. I think it was one or two games over. Yeah, it wasn't much. Uh, you're more they like a 500. Just missed the playoffs. Yeah. So, but now, now they are the hands down favorite to win. You the know, NFC which is North, absolutely, which is crazy. Yeah. To be honest with you, so listen, like when you're looking at this team, you know, people kind of talk down on Jared Goff. What Jared Goff was able to do last year with that team, I mean, they were one of the top offenses in the league. 
they were putting up points. I mean, mm-hmm. their first game of the well, uh, there's the, no the doubt. Season. I mean, everyone talks about Goff and what he was as a singular player. I've been talking about it since the first second I ever got on this show with you that it really comes down to a lot more than just a quarterback position. You need to be yeah. able to block for your quarterback. He needs to be able to have time. Go look at Matt Stafford, who got hurt on the Rams because he got no protection all year. Jared Goff had the same issues going on in uh, Los Angeles for a very long time with protection. They He goes on to the Detroit Lions. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. You heard it here. One of the best. Yeah, well, they're, they're one of the top uh, rushing offenses in the league as well. But even protecting uh, your no, quarterback, what, yeah, which is more difficult to do, but it's easier to do it to a quarterback that's going to stay in that pocket. You know, we talk about these running quarterbacks, how successful they can be. They can be, but I promise you from an offensive lineman standpoint, it's probably the most stressful thing in the world to have a quarterback that likes to leave that pocket. Because yeah. now you have to adjust. And there has to be an understanding. There has to be a communication in regards to when that's happening or the possibility of that happening. So, they, you know, for the Detroit Lions, they have a quarterback that sits in the pocket. They have some wide receivers. they got great running backs, a great offensive line. Their additions here is straight defense. defense. Yes. So you need to go out there and find the best defender. Aiden Hutchinson was a breath of fresh air for you guys last year. Add another if you, person to his, his Of other course, side. absolutely. Maybe a linebacker, maybe a defensive lineman, yeah. maybe a defensive back, a cornerback of any sort. Find a way to make additions on this team. The Detroit Lions are definitely on the up, and they're not going to slow down by any means. Moving down to number five, we have the Seattle Seahawks and the Seattle Seahawks I really wanted to get into for a minute on the basis that we had talked about earlier Zach Wilson and Jets quarterbacks and you know Geno Smith is the prime example of someone that was brought out onto the football field way too soon you know Geno Smith came out as a very young kid uh was iffy in New York and when I say New York I mean that broadly with the New York Jets with the New York Giants It was tough. The fans weren't really behind him at any point on either organization. This guy goes to Seattle. The fans are behind him. The fans trust him. Russell Wilson just got traded. It looked like all was going to be lost in Seattle. And the Seattle Seahawks answered really, really big time. Uh, They traded the Broncos for this pick that they have right now. It's the number five overall pick in the draft. It was a great trade for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, they're number five now. I mean, who would have thought that the Denver Broncos were going to be five and 12 last year? Well, Russell Wilson, you know, there was a whole thing there. It's horrible. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, the whole situation. I mean, I'll be, yeah, I'll be honest, it's a similar to Zach Wilson's standpoint. Uh, you hear about Russell Wilson having his own office on the same floor as the coaches. I mean, the, the way yeah. Denver's running this right now is probably not an ideal thing to do. You should put your quarterback with the rest of his team it was, because you uh, are a team in the long run. It's this. really weird, uh, the stuff that goes on with Russell Wilson. I mean, you're you're finding out more and more stuff that's that's really weird about him. And, like, I mean, a quick story real quick. Um, I was watching a podcast between Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch, and it was kind of like the heat of the Broncos being bad in the season. And uh, Marshawn Lynch was like, yeah, you know, I've been wanting to, like, contact him and just say, like, you know, just ask him, like, what's going on, you know, how he's doing, this and that. And then uh, Richard Sherman made a, a telling, like, comment. And he said, you know – or, or Richard Sherman said, oh, why, well, why don't you? And then Marshawn Lynch was like, well, you know that you can't get into contact with him unless you go through his manager. So the fact that, you know, uh, an ex-teammate and, you know, supposedly a friend can't contact you unless he contacts your manager to get to you, that's a problem. And there's there's just a lot of 
things that are just really weird with Russell Wilson and you know, it's I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on in Denver. I, I feel as well, though it's gonna be, Sean it's Payton gonna, it's is going to be, be a difference. Yeah, there'll be a difference, but I don't know how extensive it will be. I mean, you need to be in contact with your teammates. You need yeah. to be able to uh, – you can't just be showing up on Sunday, clapping your hands, and acting like the biggest cheerleader to make that kind of connection yeah. with your teammates. Geno Smith has done a great job in making – communications with his teammates they are a better team than ever before the seattle seahawks and now they have the number five overall pick to go with it their biggest needs defensive linemen offensive linemen obviously seattle definitely needs They've to get an always offense. Needed offensive yeah line. seattle's <laughs> definitely going to probably need to make it an offensive lineman addition or a wide receiver aside from dk metcalf and tyler lockett who end up uh you well, know, it would be nice to be able to have tyler lockett like healthy but it's well, tough, significantly again. in the slot yeah. If you can get another guy on the other side of DK and then have Tyler Lockett just in the slot at all times, it would be, that would be a dangerous team. Of course, absolutely. And Geno Smith showed that he can throw it deep. You know, his, no, Geno Smith showed that great. you shouldn't be getting thrown right into the league at 22 years old. Well, and sometimes and it takes a few years of learning Jets. and adjusting and being able to. And honestly, Geno Smith has done a great job. Yeah. All the credit to him in the world. Uh, he has definitely opened my eyes and opened the eyes of the rest of the NFL fans well, around the league. Well, the fact that Seattle kept him around. Like, he was, he was a free agent. Well, the fact that they traded Russell Wilson in regards knowing they had him on the back yeah, end absolutely. and they trusted him and obviously when he sees that you know another team is trusting him it went a long way in this confidence and he played a great year yeah. this year i think all credit to the Seattle Seahawks they are running their organization quite well these yeah, days absolutely. so uh moving on we go to the number 4 pick it's the Indianapolis Colts and we basically go from a team that's running their organization real well to a team that's not really running their organization well at all with the no. discussions of just the tr- like the the list of quarterbacks that is sitting there wearing an Indianapolis Colts uniform over the last five, six years now, um, it's just been embarrassing. You know, you're going out and trading and getting all these veteran quarterbacks, and, you know, it's been a disaster. And right now with the number four overall pick in the draft, it really the main mindset is whoever <laughs> whoever they decide not to take the Carolina Panthers, the Colts need to go out and take whoever yeah. the, uh, the other uh, idea is there because – the Colts need a young arm there uh, to be able to move forward. Um, you have veteran quarterback right now to try to, you know, go ahead and start the season, but you're going to need a rookie there to not even play this year. He might need to sit for a little while and learn, but odds are he won't, and that's why the, the one of the biggest problems in the NFL even to this day. Uh, but the Colts definitely need to well, make I, some additions I, to I try to make a turnaround. I thank the Colts a lot for trading – Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Because that just made the Cowboys secondary one, maybe two in the league. Absolutely. You know, and I wouldn't even say Jets, one. The, yeah, the, yeah. You know the deal. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's be honest. I mean, don't even debate I mean, that. That's like ridiculous. Sauce Gardner, <laughs> Sauce Gardner broke records I mean, as a rookie. A, there's bro. a debate there. No. There's, there's, I don't know about it's a, set in uh, stone. You're talking about the better half of towards 30 cornerback being the difference maker and making a defense. Listen, Stephon Gilmore is still a very, very good cornerback. Yeah, but he's not the best, and the best is in the New York Jets. You see my point there? <laughs> you see my point? Or no? Well, and and then you're going to say that Trayvon Diggs didn't have a good year last year? No, Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs, Diggs was very was good. Very no, good. he was very good. Very good. He, he, he wasn't, took all that. He like, wasn't yeah. Sauce Gardner level, but he was definitely – I'm serious. I mean, let's be honest. Listen, all right. A rookie – Sitting there with the numbers that Listen, he had were unbelievable, unbelievable. Unbelievable season for Sauce Gardner. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. Never seen anything like it. Yeah. Like, not even close. But I think there's a debate. I don't think you could, like, just say, hey, 
the Jets. No debate, set You're in stone. This? Yes, I am. All right, so it's like, what what part are we at? <laughs> we're at we're at the almost the fifty minute mark. All right, I also want so, to take a video of it. Too. <laughs> Tell me about why you think <laughs> Traylon Diggs is better than Sauce Gardner. Tra- hold on, listen, hold on, hold on, hold listen, on, hold on. First of all, I'm not saying that Trayvon Diggs is better than Sauce Gardner. I'm just saying that there is a debate. No. no. Yes. There wait, is wait, a wait. debate. Let me flip the camera. Hold on. No. That's it. All right. That's the video. It'll probably go viral. No, no, but honestly, it's there, a situation, obviously, where we're debating whether or not who's got a better corner, uh, who's got a better secondary. But odds are, obviously, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys made additions. But right now, when it comes down to it, the Colts, uh, you know, obviously have a lot of lot, – they were run really well for years. But yeah, well, they've taken a back I mean, seat in this league in the last couple of seasons, and I don't see an ending in it anytime soon. You have one of the best running backs in football. Go get yourself an offensive line. Go get yourself a quarterback. Get yourself an offense that can move the ball again. That's really the first step here for them. Their defense was actually pretty good last year. They played very good defense because yeah. they didn't score a lot of points. They were missing Jonathan Taylor for a while, and they still found ways to make these close games. So moving down to number three, we go to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, obviously, biggest needs for them right now. A lot of defense, um, a lot of offensive line. They need to uh, find a way to run the football more effectively. Arizona, there's no doubt what they could do in the air. Kyler Murray, you know, can do what he can in the air, use his legs, but they really just need a running game on top of it. They, you know, uh, they, they've, they have run the ball pretty decently well over the last few seasons. Uh, so if they can keep at it, their defense definitely needs some help. I think that was probably the biggest issue for them was probably the defensive side, to be honest. I don't think the offensive side is really enough of a concern right now to use the number three overall pick to address it. I think the defense is more along the lines on the choice here for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And at that point, you'll probably be able to get one of the best defensive linemen in the entire league, especially since you know their first-year head coach that they have now is a defensive mind. So uh, Arizona going defense here, no doubt. And we go right back to where we started with the Houston Texans. Obviously, we had our talks about the Carolina Panthers, what they were able to bring, uh, what they were able to trade is more like it for that number one overall pick, the choices that they have, the possibilities that they have. But the Houston Texans here, uh, there's still some issues here. Obviously, the trading of Brandon Cooks. uh, Also, thank you. No, absolutely. That's a great addition as well. Brandon Cooks is a great player. He's been a great player on many, many teams. Even on the dog days with the Houston Texans, you know, Brandon Cooks still found ways to have great games. Uh, 6,000 yard. Yeah, he's an incredible player. No, he's an incredible player. But right now for the Texans, there's some uh, issues here that need to be addressed. Quarterback probably being the number one issue. Uh, Obviously, wide receivers right after. And their edge. I mean, the Houston Texans are going to have a very, very hard time this year winning football games. There's no doubt about it. They are more than one problem away. Uh, They didn't make enough additions in uh, the free agency this year to make any kind of a jump in my eyes. Uh, this might be a dog day type of season for Houston Texans. Uh, they're gonna really. It's gonna be a really, They're gonna have a hard time yeah. this year. I've been there. I've been a Jet fan, and I know even you know a year or two ago it was a very similar standpoint where the New York Jets just really had no hope, didn't have enough talent to make any kind of uh, uh, threat in the AFC East, and I expect something very similar with the. Now, Houston what would you Texans. rather? Okay, now this is kind of. We've probably had this conversation over and over again, but. All right, would you rather be a Houston Texans fan like how it is right now where they're like in a complete rebuild, not knowing where that light at the end of the tunnel is going to be? Or would you be would you rather be like, you know, say a Jets fan right now or like a Cowboys fan where or I wouldn't even say Jets fan, but as a Cowboys fan, 
All right, where you're going into every year where it's like, hey, we may win the division. We may make some, you know, big run in the the playoffs every year. Or would you rather be like, all right, I'm going into a season knowing that my team's probably going to win maybe one or two games. Honestly, at this point, um, especially with Patrick Mahomes being in the league, yeah. it's obviously one of those situations where it's really not that much of a concern. I think the Houston Texans uh, – I mean, the like, goal here is to basically pick the best possible player you can, find a difference maker, one step at a time. The issue even is if it, it could be the best edge rusher in football right now, and someone, a new kid, Will Anderson, like you talked about, a really good edge rusher. Nolan uh, Smith. Nolan Smith. Just someone that could be an addition, yeah. a name that I could talk about, similar to Aiden Hutchinson from last year. Yeah. That's probably the best option for the Houston Texans. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson didn't make Detroit Lions go from winning no games to winning every game. They won a good amount. Uh, they he had was a, lot a significant of things. help, though. Well, they I had mean, a lot of good things happen for them this yeah. year, the Houston. I mean, uh, the Detroit Lions. They also added uh, Williams as well, who didn't even yeah. play all year. Uh, they had a lot of things going around. There's a lot of moving parts. But the Houston Texans just got to find a way to stay solid, pick the best possible player at this spot. Uh, second round, very similar because you're looking at a top you know, 35 pick with your second round pick as well. So the Houston Texans have room here to make some adjustments, make some great picks. Find a way to get this team to be better and more relevant because right now you're in the dog days. It's pretty brutal. I've been there, obviously, as a Jet fan. Uh, you just got to hang tight, run the course. Uh, this might take some time, but uh, you know, the rebuild is going to be starting uh, uh, do you on think, whatever, you know, whatever it is, April 27th. Yeah. Do you think that Bryce Young is the guy, though, for them? Because obviously if well, C.J. Stroud even know, is – I don't even know if it's a quarterback here for them. I mean, I mean it may not. It, no, it, like, yeah. But it's also like – <clears throat> a lot of these right, quarterbacks you, get really hyped up in the beginning. The thing with Bryce Young is the talk of his small hands. He's a shorter quarterback as well. You know, it's like Kyler Murray all over again. And Kyler Murray took some steps back as well. But just overall, like, is Bryce Young the guy for any team? And that's the question. Like, he's there's the hype there for him. But then also there's the question marks about him as well. So that's, you know, it's, it's definitely treading water there for the Texans, but, uh, you know, I, I could see them going edge. I could see them going wide receiver. I, you know, it's, they could go with anything here and it'll help. Don't know if it's going to help them get to a certain point. Um, but yeah, you got to start somewhere there. They have so many holes everywhere on that roster that you have to start somewhere. And, you know, I, I think there's there's definitely a deep quarterback uh, room. There's definitely a deep wide receiver room. There's deep defensive ends. Um, so, you know, they, they could go anywhere. But, you know, that's, that's really going to do it for our draft talk. We'll talk more during the draft and leading up to the draft. Um, but let's get into some hobby talk, you know, uh, Two weeks ago, as I said earlier in the show, that uh, Panini Prism came out for football. That is like the benchmark for the hobby. Like that, when it comes to football cards, you're talking about Panini Prism. That's that's the number one, you know, in terms of rookie cards. Now, the the great thing about it is because now we had Panini Contenders come out just recently. I think it was a week ago. Now the talk, like the difference between Contenders and Prism was was put perfectly by Mike Giuseppe on 
sports card nonsense podcast. He basically said, if you're looking for base rookie to get slabbed up, you're looking at Prism. And when you want an on-card auto of a rookie, you're looking at contenders. And that's, that's you know, the way you differentiate where you're going. I mean, Tom Brady's contenders card is still going for, you know, $15,000 or whatever it is. So, it, 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 it all depends on what you're looking for. But in terms of Prism, I... I hate that they put the big cards as veterans as well. Yeah. You know, we we got into a, a break together. <clears throat> we we didn't pick the same team, obviously, but we like I got into the break. I was starting to get them in for for cheap. I told Kevin, "Hey, get in on this." Mm-hmm. So he got in on it. We basically texted each other during and then after the break and we basically said, this is the worst break I've ever gotten into. Yep. I had the Bengals, which the 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 breaker had it up. I think they had the Bengals up for $140, I think. I ended up getting their, like, that team for 80 bucks. And the way I looked at it was, all right, <clears throat> it's $80, but there's a chance. There's, there's two players that they have that are manga cards. So those are the case hits. So you have a bigger chance because I think there's maybe 15 mm-hmm. manga cards and two of them are bangles. So mm-hmm. I said, all right, this is this is a perfect time. This is, you know, to go and it's a perfect price. Man, was I wrong? Uh, I mean, I would I think the the best I hit out of that cuz then I ended up also getting the Ravens as well. Yeah. I, I don't even I can't even tell you who the best card was. But it wasn't good. Yeah, no, I wasn't really happy with uh, Panini Prism at any point. Great-looking cards, though. Yeah, no, Panini Prism is the prime time. You know, that's the those are the cards you're going to be able to flip if you do yeah. end up hitting. But these boxes are just going for such an obnoxious amount of money. And, uh, unfortunately, the hits just aren't matching the money. Yeah. I, I can't tell you. I don't think I've ever seen a box that's even come within $1,000. I mean, we're talking selling all your bases, make you know, trying to flip any kind of box. I don't think I've ever seen one box of Prism that's going to ever make your money back Yeah. at any point. Well, that, that's the it's issue. It's just too expensive. I mean, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't be that much money at all. But, unfortunately, that's the way this is right now. You know, Prism it, is a break product. Especially since I don't see a player right now out of this box that's really, like, you know, me personally, my favorite players would probably be, you know, I like Pickett. You know, I like uh, Kenny Pickett. He, he has been great for Pittsburgh. He did yeah. really make the big turnaround for them. Uh, I give him a lot of credit for what they did. We haven't really talked about Pittsburgh at all today. No. <laughs> uh, they definitely uh, they got a, a good kind of player and a good mindset in Kenny Pickett. He went out there, had the confidence. It's not easy to do that at a young age, and he found a way to do it. So all the credit to him, at, you know, at a very young age. Uh, so he's definitely a guy that's really – you know, almost as similar to a Trevor Lawrence kind yeah. of hype. Uh, I love Trevor Lawrence. But eighteen hundred dollars oh is or fifteen hundred dollars, <laughs> whatever they're asking for for this box, is just way too obnoxious. Well, I that's mean, that's the thing. That's why I what said, what card are you getting it, out of this? That's going to get you fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. That's what I'm saying. It, it's it is a. It's good to break. It's but a it's break product. But even like that's a break product, man, I I don't think I'd ever spend any more than twenty dollars a spot yeah. on any team. Yeah. I mean, well, there's I mean, just not enough hits. Fortunately, this year there it's going 
it's it's lower than last year's. Mm-hmm. You know, this year I think you're you're getting the product for I think it's eight hundred. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's you know it, it's it's tough. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to think about getting a case. You know, you're listen. You're you're looking to hit a case hit. You're looking to hit a manga card. You're mm-hmm. you're looking to hit. You know, maybe a Purdy Auto. That's really the only way you're going to get your money back. Yeah. But you have to buy a case to get that. Yeah. You know, because you open one box of Prism. I mean, you you could talk about getting. Uh, I'm trying to think of a you know a card like a veteran card that, like who was the veteran, who was the veteran that was in the box that we that we were in on the break was it Wes Welker. Yeah, I think so. Wes Welker was the big hit out of that. And post retirement, Wes Welker. Uh, I mean, that's you, listen. It's not you're not getting your money back. No. And I can tell you right now, I didn't get my eighty dollars back in that dra- in that that, that break. So it, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, and that, and like the same thing with contenders. And it was it was perfectly put by Grant Telford on uh, background backyard. He was like. Listen, contenders, you're gonna you're gonna take a beating yeah. for eight boxes out of the twelve. But the four, if you get something out of those four, you could have you could have made your money back. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it's like, mm, are you gonna get that? <laughs> you know, and that's that's the difference. And, uh, you know, obviously this this you know, off season or, you know, this past winter, you know, with fanatics taking over Mm -hmm. the talk, like it's really the question, like what is fanatics going to do for everything? Is it going to be a good thing? Is it going to be a bad thing? So fanatics really took the biggest step, you know, since they took over and they just came out with it with opening day in baseball. They came out with these MLB debut patches. Oh yeah, it was really nice. I like right? that. Right, and it's I funny. You look at Volpe's. Volpe's is gonna be really dirty because yeah, he got a stolen base. Yeah. So, all these players that are making their MLB debut, their first game, they will be wearing a patch that says MLB de- uh, MLB debut. Right after that game, that game that patch is getting cut off and put. On their rookie card. So there is going to be a an unbelievable sweat. 100%. For these rookie cards with this patch. Absolutely. And I am so here for it. <laughs> I'm excited for it. You know, when we first got into the, the hobby, all right, we're, we're about two years in, I guess. Yeah. You know, we... Listen, I've, I've you know... I've collected cards when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Did I ever think of making money off of them? No. I remember going to Card Shack when it was on Rockaway Avenue mm-hmm. in Valley Stream. I remember going there as a kid, picking up WWF card packs. Yeah. So I have a whole slew of WWF cards. But I also have baseball. I mean, mainly baseball, some football, some hockey, uh, some basketball. But I was a big baseball guy, and I like I collected. But I, I was a Yankee fan, so I, I tried to collect as much Yankees as I could. 
Um, you know, I've gone through my cards there, just either destroyed or, you know, just not worth anything. But I was a collector when I was a kid. Getting into this, when you you basically got me into this. Yeah. You you brought it up. Hey, you know, let's look into this. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you right now, I am. It's scary how full force I am into this. Yeah. Like very scary how like I am like, it's an everyday thing for me. Of course. You know, so this is... Um, the values there. Yeah, and it's... And, like, I'm not even... It's not on every box. I'm not there even... Is. I'm not looking... I mean, yes, I am looking to make money, but this is not really... The money portion of it is not really the main thing for me anymore. Like, it, when I first got into it, it, it started to be like, yeah, I can make a lot of money into this. But, I, like, the... Breaking is what I really want to do. Like, because it, 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 the, it's the, the adrenaline, it's the, mm-hmm. you know, it's that competitiveness. It's that gamble yeah. kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm like, you know, where I'm 32, you know, you're turning 35, right? Yep. So, and I'm turning 33 the same day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, you know, as I get older, that competitive, you know, nature of like when I used to play baseball, played football, it I'm losing that, and now I'm kind of gaining it back in the hobby, in you know, gambling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love about this. I'm like, I I really like breaking product, and I want to get to that point where we do do this mm-hmm. as a side hustle, and then eventually, hopefully, you know, that plan B for both of us. Of course. Um. So yeah, like this is this is what we live for now, you know. MLB debut patch on a on a rookie card. Yeah. Are you shitting me? Like this. That's what we're that's what we're looking for. Nope. Um. So I'm excited about it. And then you know you have you have guys that take advantage of the hobby, and we've had you know this past week, we had some things that happened that you know as someone that loves being in this hobby, it's not something that you want to see, especially for the new people that are getting in. You had um, retail kings, which I you know I want to get into, and then you also have grandpa's garage breaks. Two incidents happened, almost like a day apart. Really, now with retail kings, they're exactly what their you know their name says. They break retail, um, and when you first saw it, you know the guy was breaking Don Russ blasters, um, and yes, there is that chance of getting. You know the case hit. You're you're looking to get it downtown, out of Don Russ. That's when you're you're getting hobby Don Russ. When you're getting, you know, blaster Don Russ. There's a chance of you getting the case hit, the downtown. So, this guy was breaking for them. It was like, I guess midnight, and he's he's breaking, and all of a sudden he sees that it's a downtown, and he takes the cards off. The screen. Now, when you're a breaker, your number one rule, never take the cards off screen. Because then it gets sketchy. He did that, brings it back like no one was ever going to notice that it was missing that back card. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was just very stupid. Overall, 
And supposedly earlier that day, they pulled it down uh, a downtown. So the fact, like, if if you want to hear more about this story, uh, sports card nonsense has the the interview with the owner of Retail Kings. He was not the one that did this whole downtown thing. He wasn't there. And then he found out the next day what happened. So I kind of feel bad, you know, for him because he got kicked off whatnot. You know, all his fans, you know, are gone. You know, so it's like I feel bad for the owner because now he's taking heat for what this new breaker did. He said he hired this breaker the week prior. Like the guy had three breaks under his belt and this is what he did. Do you want to hear? This is the best part of it. Do you want to hear what that downtown card was? In Eli Manning downtown. <laughs> Not even a rookie, nothing. Not even a rookie. And and the funny, like, I, I mean, it, the guy, the owner is actually pulling up. He's he's pressing charges on the breaker, good. which is good. Like, that's something that you, but I mean, at Eli Manning downtown, like, I like I he don't probably didn't know even I, himself well, when he first did it. He just saw like the parameters. Of it. Yeah, it's embarrassing any way you put it. Yes. Obviously, you got to be careful in the hobby. You got to be careful with the people you're going to break with. You need to trust the people you're breaking. That's why you know uh, people are searching trust of backyard breaks and everything they bring. Uh, there's definitely a lot of credit there to them. They've been doing it for a long time. They don't do well, anything sketchy. They, they give out well, their product. That's that's the thing. They get a lot of heat because people think that they are sketchy. Yeah, because of the packs they get. But yeah. They're obviously... I've seen plenty of breaks with them where Listen, they didn't really I, pull the craziest stuff either. I mean, it happens. To I've, I've I've hung out with these guys. You know, like, that. that's that's the funny thing. Like, you know, I've hung out with, with Backyard uh, during the National. I've interviewed um, the guy Triz. That's one of their top breakers as well. Um, I'm hopefully soon going to be... Um, Interviewing Grant as well. Um, that's hopefully going to happen relatively soon. But, you know, I I understand why they get the heat because they, they do pull these unbelievable cards. But it's also like, listen, do you, like, do you really keep up with how much product that they break on a daily basis? I mean, like I was saying off air. I watched them yesterday, Friday, mm-hmm. March 31st, and it wasn't even their top guys. Well, Bugsy is now a top guy, but mm-hmm. uh, they broke from noon to midnight. High-end stuff. And you're not just going to break for 12 hours and not break anything. No, of course. Like, you're breaking product all day long. Yeah. So your percentage of getting a you know, a hit mm-hmm. is very, very high. So that's why I don't like, I, they're like, I actually like backyard, but yeah. yeah, you have these sketchy guys that are breaking and maybe they do need to, to, you know, have some kind of requirements for breaking as well. You know, I've heard someone, you know, saying like different things on, um, you know, what you should like, like training, I guess. Um, but yeah, like the, you know, then you had um, the incident with uh, <clears throat> garage breaks where mm-hmm. the guy takes 
a card off screen and you can like and the funny thing is like they'll have they'll have the cards in top loaders in front of them and you can see what they're doing behind the camera in the reflection of the top loader that's the funniest thing is like these people think that they're getting away with it and like these guys are well, not they clearly like, aren't man like, I it, mean, it, no it's they not got called out and you know what it, it you know but what who it knows is, how many times they might have done that prior yeah to every obviously uh maybe when it was a low-key room maybe only 20 I, people I in honestly, it or something i honestly think that every breaker should have a camera on them as well of course, i think absolutely. it should be a dual camera it should always be a dual camera on your hands but also on you and what's going on behind you mm -hmm. because you know people are sketchy no, and that's that's what happens, you know. Look so at that. three cards, I'm just gonna throw right in my pocket like that. There we go. Like <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. It's a good thing they're yours because yeah, if you're taking mine, I'm breaking your leg. <laughs> nah, <I'm playing. laughs> yeah. Um, nah. But yeah, so I, I mean, I was gonna do, uh, you know, upcoming releases, but obviously that uh, all these releases There's have been released. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll get into that later. We'll get on. more into what the biggest hits are on, on all these boxes. Really what we're trying to do here is we want to be able to uh give you some sort of insight on uh the boxes, what the chasers are on these boxes, yeah. and really to get yourself prepared for when you get into these breaks. And if they're worth it. It's one thing to get into a break, it's another thing to get into a break and not know what you're doing. Yeah. Because you're gonna end up losing your money, you're gonna end up spending money basically on worthless things because you don't know what carries the value and what doesn't so well that's the thing like uh, you know uh, there's there's boxes that you know are at, like right now they're kind of low in price mm -hmm. that are actually good for you to to personal like you, you to mm -hmm. percy they say yep. um or to dome like there's cards where like there's card boxes that you're going to get your money back on yep. those boxes like i, I just got a mosaic choice and i should make my money back yeah but but yeah that you know that's what you need to you need to be you know informed on if you should percy or not and mm -hmm. or to get into a break or not and you know that stuff yeah. so that's what we're here for but uh that will do it for the show nice to have kevin back today um we'll see if he comes back on any other uh I shows will do, i will do my best <laughs> yeah. life's but, busy uh, these days yeah guys. but uh that will do it I'm Jerry. I'm Kevin. Be breezy. Be breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on Sports Radio.